Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. Now, these 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married 26 years and have four almost grown children together. We've both been in Christian leadership for almost 30 years now. I've been a pastor, you've been a pastor, and we've both been student pastors. And I lead right now a nonprofit organization that does outreach to people experiencing homelessness. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to find more intimacy and authenticity in your own relationships. Let's dive in. Okay, we're back. Thanks you for that. <laughs> Thanks for coming, everybody. It's Juan and Tracy, consummate professionals. Yeah. So, just so you know, this podcast is unrehearsed, unscripted, and unplanned, and uh, unprofessional. <laughs> Unedited. That's okay. Yeah, we're but we're back. Yeah. Episode uh, question number fourteen, actually. All right. Been doing this a little while. So, um, but just before we go into the question, I just want to say real quickly, if you would like to win a free book, there is one for a prize for you. High chance you could win. I think it's only between five people right now. So all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, 36 questions, like the Facebook Mm. page, um, and share uh, one of our episodes, your favorite one, uh, on your Facebook page or on your Instagram or whatever. That's all? That's all you have to do? This is like free printing free money. It's so easy. (laughs) And if you do that, you just get the book. Yeah. What's that book called again? One question a day for you and me. Yeah. It's full of questions that you can ask. Sounds like a winner. So anyway, it's a great book. Love to send it to you. I think there's only another week or so in the contest. So I want to give a shout out to our listeners because usually I have no idea who that is, to be honest. Okay. But I met one recently from out of state. Yeah. And that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I I met one who is a truck driver. A truck in driver. In the Pacific Northwest. Uh, uh, and it's a she. It's what? A she. Yeah. Shout out to she, truck driver. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I was pretty impressed. Lady. She's tough. Wow. I bet. You got to be. Truck driver? Yeah. All I know about truck driving, I learned from that Sylvester Stallone movie, Over the Top. Remember that? No, I don't remember. Well, it's like every Stallone movie. It's like he's Rocky, only he's not. He's a truck driver, but he wants to win (laughs) not a boxing match, but a arm wrestling contest. I know this sounds like a joke. It's not. It's a real movie. Yeah. And the reason, okay, when he'd go over the top, his hand would go over the top as he's curling his bicep and his hand over the other person. And he'd also spin his cap around backwards. And that's when you know he meant business and they were going down. <laughs> I know. It sounds like a joke, but it's a real movie. Okay. Well, you know, let's move on from there. I'll bet truck driving is just like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Well, the listener I met, which yeah. I thought was amazing, mm-hmm. was a police officer. Oh. 
and he listens to our podcast in his police car while he's on duty, you know, waiting for crimes to happen or right. lives to save. Right. He's passing time listening to 36 questions. Is that the greatest thing you've ever heard? Yeah, that's great. I can't believe it. That's nice. So shout out, officer. Um keep up the good work we appreciate your service mm-hmm. and any other officers or military or first responders that may be listening to 36 questions That's we right. appreciate you we do we appreciate you you're doing the real work so let's hear the question okay question number 14 is my iphone's okay put in the code uh is there something that you, Tracy Galloway, have dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Is there something I've dreamed of doing for a long time? And why, why haven't, haven't you done, I it? done it? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Deep. So, Because I answer spontaneously, I what comes to mind immediately is something I was already talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, a new friend of mine named Wanda came over today to have coffee. And we sat out by the fire pit with our coffee cups and chatted. It was really nice. Beautiful fall day. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. And she runs this program at Nyack Christian College. Nyack College is in New York City. Mm-hmm. And it's called Empower. And they have this really cool program where they, um, it's like a fast track for ministry leadership. And it's online and international, so it's cool. You should check it out. Go to the website. But I wanted to say, I said to her, I said, you know, I don't want to say this because I don't want you to think I was thinking this. But, you know, the truth is, since I was very young, I always thought one day I would either be the dean of women at a Christian college or a professor, you know this, or teach at a Christian college. I mean, it was something I even talked about. Dean of women. Even like when I was 19, something I like talked that. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's always, and then we, we had East Coast School of Urban Ministry that we started years ago, back yes, in the early 2000s. and. I guess I was dean of students then. <laughs> it wasn't a very big school. You were grand and I did poobah. <laughs> Co-grand poobah with me. So that was okay, but that's not what I'm talking about. And, and um, But the, the challenge for me has been through the years is I've gone back to school a few times, and it seems like every time I go back to school just to earn some more, you Credit. know, little dots behind my name and initials and letters, that... It seems like every time I go back, I either have a stroke or I get really sick and I have to stop. And it just, it's happened multiple times where I'm in the midst of it and I just get really sick and then I have to stop. And so I don't really have all of the things probably required for such a position. And so I just figured, well, whatever. But I still have this feeling like that I'll be teaching and training, uh, people in ministry leadership and it's something I've kind of done naturally throughout the years I feel like I mentor a lot of people who are in ministry and I've done that for years Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I'll do it in a way where I get paid (laughs) or a volunteer such as ministry life yeah I don't usually get paid for what I do but if I already get paid that would be nice I, I don't know 
and I, I don't think it's necessarily with this or or another program I know of right now. I just know sometime like in my fifties, and I was telling you this. I said sometime in my fifties, I feel like I'm going to be doing something like that. It just hasn't. Mm. I haven't really come across it yet, what it looks like. So that's something I've always wanted to do. The reason I haven't done it is because I don't have the, you know, dots and letters behind my name that I need. I do have the reverend, so that's nice, mm-hmm. but I don't have some of the others. And so I don't know if that'll ever really happen. If it doesn't, it's fine. Right. It's not like I'm desiring it. I'm not seeking after it. Right. It's just, it's something that's always been there. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's true. We've talked about that for many times over the years, and I never knew how that would come about. Yeah. But if it's supposed to come about, it's going to happen. What do you think about that with me? Well, I think it's cool. Can Why you see not? Me, can you see me doing something like that? Or Sure. I mean, I can, it's, it's a natural, I mean, to me, it's natural to see you, like, mentoring younger leaders, encouraging them, empowering them. That seems like totally you. Um, on the other hand, if it's teaching at a university level, that would be brand new. You know what I mean? I've never done that. You've never done that. I've, can you do it? Of course you could do it. Right. I just, you, I know you have to have set up a syllabus and be organized and yeah. grades. And, and uh, I don't know if that's really me. That's why I, I was know. like, Dean <laughs> it's, sounds it's better. It's a new job, right? It's a different kind of job. Yeah, Dean, maybe because it's Because I'm more good with confrontation and all of that. Yeah, maybe yeah. not. So I, I don't know. But you'd be a great know. teacher. You, you've taught, have, you have taught many classes. I have taught many um, classes. In, the, in our school that we ran of urban ministry mm-hmm. um search for significance and you've taught yeah search preaching. for significance and uh you've led groups with if gatherings so you've done all kinds of leadership your entire life right so i'm sure you could do a class about anything anytime honestly um it just yeah. be d- new and different context that's you what know, i mean i honestly feel this is something interesting i honestly feel like whatever it looks like maybe it doesn't exist yet mm. i know it's a weird thing to say but I feel like it's something that's not quite even, I don't know, with technology, if things will change or what. But I think it, it's possibly something that doesn't even. Maybe it's a podcast. <laughs> and if you listen to that podcast, you'll learn. And. Yeah. So that's my spiritual like answer. My non-spiritual university. answer is. You know, you've been wanting me to go to New Zealand, and you've asked me quite mm. a few times, and I always say no because the flight is way too long. It's too long to New Zealand, and mm. I don't like to fly long. But um, I've always had a desire to do the Milford Track, or Trek. It's Trek. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Which do you know what that is? Nope. It's this amazing hike okay. in New Zealand on the South Island, and it lasts I don't know a week, long time. And I, I'm not quite there physically to be able to do such a Me thing. Neither. But I would love to get to the point to where I could do that a major, like, week-long trek. You don't want to do that, do you? You're giving me a look like your nose is scrunching up a little. You don't want to do that. Sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> but beautiful. all day for an entire week. I think I might die. Well, That's you how stop shape along the way. Picnic. You know. Okay. Is there like a Starbucks on the way? Or? No. Oh. It's in the middle mm. nowhere. Mm. Yeah. I guess that's the only thing. Like, God forbid we have a heart attack or something. <laughs> you're, you're done for. Or you, Oh, here's the worst thing I'm always afraid of. You're out on a hike in the middle of nowhere. You're, you're two, three days in. Yeah. You twist your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? 
I think you call in the helicopter with your satellite phone. As long as they put me in the helicopter and don't put you in that basket that hangs below the helicopter. Oh, that sounds fun. See, now I would take that ride. I would be terrified. I would be excited to take that ride. I could never do that. I've never been in a helicopter, have you? No, of course not. I'd like to do that. Yeah, that's the thing I've always dreamed of. Well, they do it in New York City, but there's been quite a few crashes. Just seems too expensive. I don't know. I guess that's why I haven't done it. Yeah, that's true. You get a ride for. I think that's the answer to most of our questions. Twenty minutes and it's a couple hundred dollars. Like, why haven't you done eh. it? Costs money. Eh. I don't know if it's worth that much. (laughs) I don't know if the listener can hear our cricket. We have a friendly cricket in the room. Oh. Oh yeah, I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Some sometimes people have to use sound effects to bring that kind of ambiance. For us, it's organic, it's natural. Yeah, it's like we're in the woods. Okay, so. Well, that that was a good answer. Um, and maybe you will become dean of women or whatever. Um, I don't why, even know if I not? want to anymore. I mean, lately I've felt like I don't want to do anything. Um, but maybe that's just temporary. You just want to lay down and die? No, I don't want to <laughs> die. But I'm not feeling motivated. You just want to chill. <laughs> I just want to chill out. I just want to chill, man. I just want to hang. Can I just relax? <laughs> I've always dreamed of laying down and relaxing. All right. Well, I think it's time for our book of the week. So, Tracy, you're introducing a book you read recently. Why don't you tell us all about it? Oh, so I get to talk more. All right. That's right. Well, this book is written by a very close, amazing sweet, wonderful, strong woman of God, friend of mine. What's and the title of the book? It's called Buttercup. Buttercup. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about who she is? What is that, like an accounting textbook? What is Buttercup? Well, why don't you talk about <laughs> the author since you... Yeah, so the author is Marit Eronen, and she is a Finnish woman and missionary Uh, who's a good friend of ours. And she worked with me at New York City Relief many years ago. And she she was our communications director. But, you know, she was radical. Here she left her home country of Finland to come into the inner city and to serve the poor and the homeless. And, yeah, she was a single woman out on her own, blazing a trail. She also... I don't know if it was seven or eight languages she could speak. Really? I yeah. Didn't know like that. English, Finnish, Russian, Swedish, I don't Chinese. I don't know them all. French maybe. But she could speak seven or eight languages. And I remember she told River that every, River That's like every European, isn't it? No. I They're mean so smart. she is mm, we don't really know a linguist. And so River decided our oldest daughter when she knew her that she wanted to do that too. She's like, oh, I'm oh, going to do that too. And I think Mara had told her, said, you could do that too if you want. And so River believed it. And so now River speaks Portuguese, Spanish, English, a little bit of Chinese. And she wants to continue building on that and speak all the languages just like her. So, but this, she has done so many things. I can't even say them yeah, all, but she's, she's currently in South Africa and she's been working on film. Right, with YWAM. Uh, Youth with a Mission and another organization, I think, as well. But she's been a director, producer. Mm -hmm. She's done so much. But uh, she wrote this book, Buttercup. And Buttercup is the name of a woman who... Her story is really rough. She just had a rough story Mm. and a rough life in South Africa. It's heartbreaking. 
and it kind of it kind of bends into the area of human trafficking, um, prostitution, and but the thing I like about this book that I think is so powerful is many times as Christians we try to help people, and it doesn't go as easy as we wanted it to, or it doesn't go the way we thought it would, mm-hmm. or we help somebody and then they just kind of disappear. Or they reject our help, or mm-hmm. they can't receive our help, or they go back to what they were doing before they were helped, mm-hmm. and then we kind of give up. But the, the story with this Buttercup sweet woman um, is, Maudit didn't give up. She just kept loving her, and loving her through the mess, because this woman Buttercup, mm-hmm. she, you know, would do a little better and then do worse and then do a little better and then do worse, then come join and uh, things were getting together and then disappear. And it, so she was in and out of like the human trafficking and yeah. And prostitution and being abused and controlled and and, yeah. And it's just such a messy journey. And I feel like when you're ministering to people who come from a messy background, it's, it's a messy process to come out of it. It's not like, Oh, I mean, Hey, that'd be awesome. It was like, bam, immediately. I'm totally healed. Everything's great. I'm emotionally healthy, mentally healthy and have it together. But that's not the way it looks. It looks messy and it's a process because years Mm. of abuse sometimes and most times require years of healing and restoration and patience. And so now Buttercup's doing fantastic and great, and the story ends really well. So but it's uplifting. It's not depressing. It's not whatever. depressing. It's uplifting. But it helps you to understand. It puts you in a different place as a Christian. It makes your expectations more realistic. And that how selfish of us to say, I'm helping somebody. It's not going the way I wanted, so I'm not going to help them anymore. Right? Mm. Where I'm doing this for this person and I don't like the way they're treating me or I don't like the way they're behaving or I don't like the decisions they're making. And so therefore, I'm going to just cut them out of my life. And see, what Maudit did is instead of doing that, regardless of the person's behavior, regardless of their response, she just was there and loved. There and loved. There and just being present and loving continually over the long haul. And then eventually, years later, Buttercup came around. Right. But Mm. and it it really convicted me that so many times in my life I've run into people who I've helped or done something with. And, you know, it didn't go that great. And I felt like, oh, I'm a failure or, oh, they're a failure or oh, forget that. I just want to forget about it. But really, there's something about being constantly there, consistent Mm. and loving over the long haul that eventually brings people around. And so in that, it transformed my vision of what ministry looks like to people who are in a difficult situation that it's not a cut and dry. It's not a quick mm. fix. It's a long. Yeah. Road. I, I think that's something that in the, like the suburban church, we don't quite get a lot of times because you know, someone comes to the Lord kind of thing. They change their life. They give it life to Jesus and you know, they enter bam, they're into church culture. They're part of the, the teams they're volunteering. You know, mm-hmm. it can be a pretty quick transition a lot of times. But when mm. you're dealing with people that have uh, been abused, s- suffered great trauma, right? Trauma, okay? and now PTSD. You could call it PTSD. It's much like uh, you know someone comes into a you know in a battle, a war zone, right? And they right. come back with damage, and they have to untangle these complex emotions. And 
yeah, they just want to be free. But guess what? They can't just flip a switch. They have to dive in there. They have to get help. Mm. They have to walk through it and find God's healing, right? Right. And so a lot of times we don't have patience. We're like, well, just come on, get it together now. I'll just pray harder or whatever. And it's like, no, it's not like that. And even in the Bible, uh, book of Hosea, you got uh, the prophet uh, Hosea. And he, you know, God commanded him to marry this prostitute, Gomer. Yeah. Not Gomer Piles, the woman. Because who knows <laughs> any women named Gomer, right? But she... Gomer Pyle from the TV show. Yeah, it's an, it's know, an old TV show. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, um, and Gomer, you know, rather than being grateful and whatever, she kept going back. Right. Back and, to pos- prostitution. And how embarrassing is that? And how shameful is that? And how bad would he For feel? For him as a husband. Right. And, and everybody knows. Right. Okay. But God told him. You know, to stay faithful, to stay to her. faithful. Mm-hmm. And it, of course, this was all symbolic of God's people of Israel. Right. And I'd say of all humanity that God comes to us in our depravity to rescue us. And then we leave him and go back to depravity over and over yeah. again. We turn our back on him, just like uh, yep. Gomer did. Back to our self-destructive behavior and sin and entanglement right. and selfishness, all that. Right. And so this book is excellent because it is a God story. Mm-hmm. written in a modern day time of a real person mm-hmm. who was taken advantage of. Yeah, and, and here's the crazy thing. I watched a documentary. I don't know if you remember this. I think you watched it with me called Jim's. I watched it with my staff mm-hmm. and it's about a group in New York city called Jim's stands for girls, educational and mentoring services. Basically they help young girls, um, 12 to 24 out of prostitution. And they would bring these girls into a home and feed them and help them. And these girls would go back to their pimps and go back to the old lifestyle because Mm. there was something in them that was broken and they had bought into the lie that that man who was taking all their money, abusing them and using them was like kind of their father figure. And that's who they belonged with. And that was their role. And they had a purpose, even though that purpose was wrecking and destroying and terrorizing them. If you can imagine that lifestyle, they would go back and, and they, and these women these leaders from gyms would would go out to them again and bring them back again and just not give up where's this it's in new york city is it yeah and still there and the documentary yeah and the documentary's online i think it's called young girls something like that and it Uh tells the story and it it it, I, i guess everybody who's not been exposed to the world of prostitution i was like why would these girls do this and how do they get stuck i learned so much from that Uh and i think it's like, but I learned also about me and I learned about, you know, we all kind of feel that pull to go back to Egypt sometimes because that sin that's familiar right. and that slavery and bondage that's familiar. Right. Sometimes that's safer than the unfamiliar, risky, new territory, uncomfortable, you know, whatever that is. It's nice in the boat. Yeah. Walking on the water is scary. Even if the boat might be sinking, I'd rather be in the boat, you know, than out on the, mm. the water. Um, and a lot so. of people's boats are sinking and they need to get out in the water, but they're just hanging on to that mast and they don't want to let go. But we all do that too. Right. We, it's something, it's some way until Jesus sets us free. And then we look back and go, what was I crazy? <laughs> Why was I doing that? It was terrible, you know, mm. but for some reason it's like a hook, a hook on our jaw. You know, that's what sin does. Right. So we're all the same weak, carnal, and somehow... God loves us anyway and rescues us. So great book of um, hope. Yeah, and uh, she wrote it with Jane Jones. And uh, you could just look it up. It's called Buttercup. Mm. And I'm not sure if you can order it. 
on Amazon, but I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. You can find so, it online. Yeah, and you spell Marit, M-A-A-R-I-T, and her last name is spelled E-R-O-N-E-N. Uh, Buttercup, A Journey from sex, Sexual Exploitation to True Love. So it's a quick read, and uh, it really challenged me to be faithful, to be faithful in the dark, difficult areas of ministry to just keep at it and uh, God's timing is perfect so I actually looked up where the uh, books are available the buttercup book and buttercup a journey from sexual sexual exploitation to true love by Marit Eronen on Google Books and Apple Books so it's easy, easy to find so go online buy, buy a copy I think you'll enjoy it you enjoyed it right oh yeah it's a great quick read and it really did it transformed me in a way that I think more Christians need to be transformed. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. So that was our book of the week. Good, good choice. Okay. We're back and it's time for me, Juan Galloway to answer. Here, let me, let me question, question. 14. Okay. Yeah, give me, give it to me so I can read it. All right. You. I will. Uh, <laughs> right now, as I scroll it on my phone, here you go is how spontaneous we are number 14 okay is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time why haven't you done it hmm the way you read it was so provocative (laughs) yes what have I always dreamed of um well uh, this is sounds kind of shallow um I Back in the 80s, I read a ad, actually a brochure about a thing called Harley-Davidson Tours. It doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, it was a company where you could go to Europe, like Austria, and go through the Alps uh, and rent a Harley and mm-hmm. be with a group of other people. Mm-hmm. And they'd have a van with all your luggage, so you don't have to worry about that. And they would go ahead of you and set it up in a hotel. So all you did is ride all day with the, these people or even peel off and see your own sights, whatever you want to do. And then... I thought, man, that sounds like the coolest thing on earth. I mean, if I could do anything, like ride through Europe on a Harley, are you kidding me? That's You know what's so amazing. funny about you saying that is your dad told me the same thing last week. Really? Yeah. He mentioned, he's like, that's something I never really got to do. I would have liked to have done. And I think it's because these brochures like were father, so well like printed. Son. I don't even know if he had it. I think I showed it to him. and I, was I like, had it. I showed it to you and then I showed it to him. I remember. So it all started I was like, with me because I, I showed it to you guys. We were like, look at this. I, we were like, ooh, we're salivating. <laughs> like, that looks so awesome. So why have you not done that? Um, it was really expensive. It was thousands of dollars and, yeah, and that was a long a time ago. And I don't even, well, you don't use your own Harley you oh. use there because how would you get it there? Right. Um, yeah. So I didn't do it because of money. And, um, I mean, but the, the, the cool thing is I have done Harley trips across America, mm-hmm. halfway across America. I went to South Dakota to Sturgis with my dad. Mm-hmm. I've gone down South to like Tennessee, uh, South Carolina, Tale of the Dragon, of the Dragon. Blue Ridge Mountains. You've you've rode all over. I've gone America. up north. I've gone to New England, Maine, all up there. I mean, I have seen, and that was a dream for me mm-hmm. to do that. And I thought it'll never come true. But I don't know if you remember this. We made a list of goals. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before because I just can't remember these things. I don't think so. All right, so this is a good topic. Then um, I read somewhere, and it's true that statistically speaking. 
if you will do the simple act of writing down your goals, mm-hmm. the odds of you achieving their, those goals, it jumps, it skyrockets. skyrockets. So the, the, and who knows why, but if you just take that tangible step of writing it down, the odds of you achieving them, it, they just increase so much. Um, and so we sat down yeah. and we wrote down our one-year goals, yep. our three-year, five-year, 10-year, 20-year. Yeah, long. <laughs> and yeah. we did it like our, our goals for our marriage, our goals for our family, our ministry goals, our relational goals, our health goals, yeah. like just to try to hair, to c- cover yeah. every... A broad spectrum of part. things. Right. Yeah. And so we did that. And on there, I think you had to ride a Harley... And that was way before your dad got a Harley and you were able to start riding Yeah, it. so I, I remember very specifically because I thought, you know, this one's silly and it's selfish and <laughs> it's not, you know, important in the big scheme of things. But I put, I'd like to own a Harley Davidson right across America. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I thought, okay, that one will probably never happen. Well, then years later, my dad buys a Harley. Somebody else, multiple times, people lend us Harleys to mm-hmm. ride across America. What kind of craziness is that? Who, would, who does these things? Um, and it's not my favorite thing that you do. Well, I don't love it. Yeah, that's what most wives, I think. Well, I think, feel. you know, it's okay to do it a few times, but mm-hmm. I just don't want you to push your luck. Like the more times you do it, the, uh, just the more risky it is. So I'm okay with what you've done and I'm okay with you doing a little more, but I'm glad you don't have a Harley at your riding every day all day. I, I'm, I'm glad because that would not be my well, choice for you. You. Yeah, so we've and been watching me. this this um, documentary series called Long Way Long Way Round, and then there's a sec part two, Long Way Down. Anyway, it's Ewan McGregor, the famous actor, and his buddy, and they ride. He's ha- the actor from Star Wars. He played the young Obi Wan. Yeah, and he, or Obi Wan. He's been in so many movies. I call Obi Wan because <laughs> that's your video game Obi-Wan. name. Obi Wan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, he decided to take a trip around the world. Um, heading east from London um, to go and he goes through Mongolia and Russia and Kazakhstan and then he takes a flight over to Alaska, Canada, all the way to New York. And it was a great, it was a great documentary. It was just f- it fun. It was really interesting to see the nothingness in Russia that he rode across, that he was driving his motorcycle. There's no road. There's no roads. Like He's dirt, just driving on sand, dirt and rocks. sand trying to get across creeks. And on these giant <laughs> these BMW giant heavy motorcycles. motorcycles. Anyway, it's, it's on Going Netflix. through rivers. That was the craziest part. Driving yeah. a motorcycle like with the rivers up to the handlebars. He's like, that's insane. These are my favorite documentaries though. There was another one we watched about a guy who rode his bicycle all throughout Asia or around the world. And then later on, he did one where he renovated a bus into an apartment with his girlfriend and they traveled all over anyway i think these are so interesting because especially when you're not traveling you watch other people travel and you're like oh you know you kind of live in their shoes for a little bit yeah so watching this documentary is definitely like oh maybe nostalgic to get on the bike again so since my dad bought another bike uh recently uh fat boy I, I rode it up to a men's retreat, New Canaan Society retreat this weekend and back and forth from uptown. And it's it's such a beautiful fall weather right now. It, it is like, pretty. It was awesome. Now, the New Canaan Society, I don't know if you ever brought that up before. That's Is that nationwide? I feel like I have, but maybe not. Um, yeah, it's, nas- it's a national men's movement organization. Now, do you have to be a businessman to be at New Canaan Society? You only have to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out no, any kind of man. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they have groups that meet everywhere and then they have an, 
a, a gathering like once a year? In uh, they have regional gatherings mm-hmm. once a year as far as like retreats and stuff. But, mm-hmm. but basically they meet at once a week uh, for like an hour, hour and a half or whatever. And, um, and what, they, do you, what do you do when you, what are these, what are you doing these secret men's meetings? Are well, you, are you wearing, we, doing a secret handshake yeah. or a funny hat? Yeah, we're doing all that. <laughs> Rituals. No, no, we're not. no, we're not. Chewing tobacco. No, we don't do that. We, we just, um, basically we, we try to fill the gap in our lives, which for most men <laughs> is other men. You just, we, you know, it, once a man gets married, has family and is working, those things are pretty all consuming and they kind of have a gap. At least I have, you know, had in my life where you need another, you need other men in your life. It's just how we're made, you know, mm-hmm. brothers, you know? And so they get together and I find most men's ministries to be a little on the dull side. Sorry to say that, um, you know, kind of boring Bible studies or just dry and bad coffee and in a basement of a church. And this is not that it's full of life and it's not churchy or stuffy, mm-hmm. but it's definitely godly. But the guys share that we, we get real. We talk about the real stuff, you mm. know, and it's refreshing. It kind of sets you free. It kind of makes you just feel awesome. So that's why I love going. Mm-hmm. Um, I make fin- friends so quickly there because we go deep fast. Mm. And the speakers don't do teachings like preaching or something like that. It's just normal guys, business people, economists, scientists, fascinating people and they tell their story and usually it's like i screwed up my life and you're like oh my god like really screwed it up then god came in and now i'm still challenged i'm still fighting the fight but god is with me and i've had these great breakthroughs and it's like yeah you just relate to that person and you're like oh man that was good kind of gets your everything your priorities aligned and that's cool yeah so i love it that's good to know about because there used to be was it full gospel businessmen or no, wait, there was that. Yeah, and then there was the keepers. promise keepers and that yeah. went away. So yeah. I always wonder like, what is there right now? So I guess this is it. This is what there well, is right now is new Canaan society. It's awesome. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's good. So anyway, so yeah, my, my dream going back to my dream, it's my dream. You can't have it. It's uh, yeah. I always wanted to ride across Europe on motorcycle. It seems yeah, amazing. You know, I have a spontaneous idea. Oh. What about this question, since this is about relationships, this podcast? Yes, it is. What about for us together? Because my dream does not involve you, and your dream does not involve me. There's no way I'm getting on a bike I, I wish and riding across Europe. You. Sorry. I wish, how about if I had a sidecar, would you get in there? I would consider a sidecar. Okay. But what about your own motorcycle? Would you get on no, that No. Every time I get on the back of the motorcycle, I just cry and cry and cry like a baby because okay. I don't want to die. But so, maybe in the sidecar, no. you'd feel safe. I, I have never done it, but I'm willing to try a sidecar. I like it. I prefer a convertible because then you have the full comfort of the car. Okay, so you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Within one year, <laughs> we will be riding across Europe and Tracy will be in the sidecar. Yeah, I don't Woo! know about that. All we need is What I'm saying money. is, with that question, what was the question again? <laughs> I always forget. Like, Why if are we, you handing me the phone? Because it has the question on it. You just read it. Yeah, but it's locked. I can't open it. <laughs> you know my code. Anyway, so... Is there something that we would want to mm, do together as a, dream together as a dream together that we've always wanted to do, but we haven't done? So, I mean, my recent dream for us together, mm-hmm. we've mentioned this recently and this just recent, just a little few minutes ago okay. is I want to take a sabbatical oh, in, yeah. in 2021, never done this in my life. Right. And, uh, like a three month sabbatical where I step away from my ministry. I step away from my responsibilities and I, 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 I breathe. And I process and I refresh and I restore and I just hear from God and I just enjoy life. 
I don't know. So yeah. the place I would like to go, probably more than any other, is out of the country for sure, no matter right. what, with you, not, mm-hmm. not with other people, just with you and I getting away. And the place I dream of going is New Zealand. Um, and because of Lord of the Rings. No, not because of, <laughs> well, okay, partly because of Lord of the Rings. Okay, but. We have friends there. Yeah. Donna and Caitlin. Right. But not even because of them. They're great. But I visited there because of them. I mm-hmm. officiated her and their wedding. In New Zealand. And I was only there, you know, five days. Not long enough. And I was like, oh my gosh, this country is unbelievable. Yeah. This is so beautiful, you know. And I, I should be here for a month, not five days. You wanted to explore. Yeah. And I was, I've just never seen any place like it on earth. So uh, it's like the Garden of Eden, honestly. Yeah. So I would love to go back and hike with you and explore the coast, the, the woods, the jungle, whatever. Part of me, though, Amazing. I think if I were to think about something we were do, to do together mm-hmm. that I've always wanted to never have done, and I always wanted to be a missionary. I wanted to be a missionary in Africa or at some point where there was a point where we we're going to move to Ireland yeah. and we we're going to start a Christian coffee house. And so I always wanted to live in another country and do mm-hmm. ministry in another country with you together. Cause the way it's lined up now with our life is you do ministry and I do ministry, but we don't do it together. We used to do it together years ago when we were youth pastors and when we were church planters, but we really haven't done ministry together for a while now. I would say like 17 years. So I think it would be nice to live in another country and I don't know. I heard of this program. It's called Torchbearers and that mm-hmm. they have schools um, in different countries around the world and they're like one year Bible schools. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, wouldn't it be cool if like we, not that it'd be that program or if it was Youth of the Mission or whatever it is that we'd live somewhere and teach the students and do outreach and, and live in some other country together. I think that would be a dream for me mm. is to live with you. I mean, even though the sabbatical seems great to go do a trip. What country would you want to do that in? Gosh, I, I mean, I had a heart to go do the refugee thing in Greece. Um, I've always wanted like to be Greek in Africa. Food. I love Europe. New Zealand sounds cool. I don't, I'm so open. Yeah. I just want to be where God wants me. Yeah. Wherever he wants me, I'll go. I'm ready. Let's go. Um, mm. Minus if he calls me to like uh, Syria. I'm not really <laughs> wanting to go there. That would be last on my list. Hang out with- Sorry, Syrians. Yeah. God bless you. I just... You don't want to go to the Middle East, the desert. And I kind just... Of I'm not thrilled about hanging out with um, uh, ISIS. <laughs> like, some people are called mm. yeah. to that, but that would be like, you know... That would stretch you. That would Almost. be a stretch for me. Ah, I that, think that would, would stretch be a stretch. <laughs> that would be a stretch. God bless the people that are called there. I pray for you. Um, but yeah, I think I'm thinking more... You know, where there's a cafe around the corner or something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know Ah, what I mean? A nice, comfortable mission field (laughs) with all the amenities. You know, the older you get, (laughs) the older you get, the more comfort you appreciate. That's true. So Sad to say, it is true. But I do want to live in a place of readiness Mm -hmm. to do the uncomfortable things. Whenever God would tell me, Mm -hmm. I want to respond and just be obedient. Um, Even. Even then, I'm like, well, even though I didn't plan that, I didn't want that. But if that's what he wants, that's what's best. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's the way we always try to live our life. And I want to encourage you if you're in ministry or whatever position you're called to, that you always have people in place. So if God calls you out to go do something else, that everything you're doing can keep going strong because you've raised people up 
who can take care of things. Like you could go on sabbatical for a month or two months and everything would keep going because you raised and trained up people to take the reins. Uh, That, that to me is a success. And so I don't know, it seems like we're going to be doing the ministry you're doing now for the rest of your life. But if God calls us somewhere else and we sell our home and I love our home, the rest of my life could be tomorrow. Who knows? I mean, but who knows? Uh, but I wouldn't want to say no. And I, you know, I've heard you say no a couple times, actually. Like we talked about a couple different locations for New York City Relief with expansion. You're like, oh, no, I don't want to go. I just want to stay here. And you said that a few times. But I would hope that if God were to call, that yeah. we wouldn't say, no, I don't want to do that. We would just say, yes, God, whatever you want, yeah. I'll go it, I'll do it, I'll give it all up. Well, if God tells us to do it, we ought to do it, period. Because right. th- what are we here for? <laughs> Ourself? Uh-huh. Come on, you know. Um, but I can see how the more things you have and the more comfort you have, yeah. the harder it is to turn away from that. Absolutely. That is sadly true. So I think it's good to check our hearts regularly and say, you know what, am I willing to leave my home for wherever he calls me to go and whatever he calls me to do? Am I willing to leave my job? Am I willing? Yeah. You know, and so to keep that willing heart to whatever he calls you to do. It's like when Jesus walked up to the disciples, he's like, come on, follow me. There was no explanation. (laughs) Okay, here's the options um, I'm going to offer you because I'm recruiting you into my... Here's your 501c3 plan, and here's your uh, health care. It's a nice deductible. I think you'll appreciate it. They just dropped it. their nets and went. <sighs> you know, and if he did tell them what the package was, they'd be like, no thanks. You know, you're right. going to be killed. You're going to die. They're you're going to suffer. suffer. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be abused. Right. Um, but they just followed him. And um, yeah, it, it, what I find is that in the countries where Christians are oppressed and, and persecuted, that's where they're the most passionate, most committed, most intense in their faith mm. and closest to Jesus and and shining the light more than in the uh, countries where we have freedoms and we have comfort mm-hmm. and we have churches and Christian education and all this stuff. And they don't have anything. Um, they're willing to go to prison. They're willing to die for their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it was in Jesus time, too. Of course, they were in great danger many times. And so. um yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a sobering thought. There's something beautiful in the suffering. I think if that's poverty or whatever suffering it is that people encounter in life, I think there is something beautiful that comes out of that. And that's why if you go on a missions trip to Mexico, wherever you go, you see people who have nothing and they're just smiling and dancing and joyful. Like we were just watching a video the other day of them doing a freshwater well dig in Rwanda and the kids are dancing and smiling and laughing and joyful and bare feet. But there's just something about that that's pretty precious. Yeah. It reminds me of that song, New Wine. It's like, it's probably my favorite worship song in this season of my life. Who sings it? Um, It's a Hillsong song, Mm -hmm. you know, so people probably know it. It says, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. And and then it goes on to say, make me your vessel, make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. And then the, the chorus is like the, I mean, or the bridge is the best part. It says, because there, where there is new wine, there is new power. Mm. So like, 
Um, no one wants suffering. No one wants crushing in your life. But that is the time where I um, have, ex- my faith is expanded. It's my, where you grow the most. It's where I've drawn close to Jesus more than ever and found, you know, his presence, his heart, his change, his transformation. And that new wine is, you know, this fresh move of God in my life. You know, the Holy Spirit coming, kind of getting into the nooks and crannies, the corners of my heart. Mm. And there's new power there. Mm-hmm. So even when we're going through tough times, like the disciples did, right. or like many people are, mm-hmm. right? It's like we're able to take that experience and that power of God and the, the greatness of God, the goodness of God, and now share it with others right. because we went through that, um, that crushing and that pressing time. So, yeah. So you anyway. You can let it transform you. And yeah. you can let the pain and the suffering and the hardship that you're going through transform you and make you more like Christ or you could, what was it? It can make you bitter or it can make you better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Make you better. It can make you better. And it's your choice what you do with that. Well, anyway, I think we jumped around more than ever on this show. Well, that's what we're about. (laughs) Spontaneous rambling. Talking about a lot of rambling things. (laughs) You're rambling rambling man. man. That's a traveling man. Never mind. Oh, well, um, thanks for listening, and next week uh, we'll go to question 15. And what I like to do yes. whenever we hit 5, 10, or 15 is we'll run down all the questions, like quick, which I know is a lot, but just to kind of remind everybody of all the questions, because we would like you to use these questions to connect with people in your life, if, if it be a spouse, um, a child, a parent, a friend, a neighbor. Use these questions as a way to go deep with people, and in going deep, you know, the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And a way that you can love your neighbor is to go deep with them. And these questions are a tool for you to be able to do that. So thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great day or night. Bye. See you next time.